0: You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night, and is
1: simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. You feeling the sweat, Taylor?
0: I don't have air conditioning, so.
1: Oh, you are definitely feeling the sweat then. Well, every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. I would really love $7 billion. Even just like 700 but like $7 billion, that's a lot of goddamn money. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on
0: all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor, and I've been protected by Straight Up Sabres. Yes, you have, Taylor, and the reason you have is because it is expansion draft week for the Seattle Kraken. This is really where the offseason is going to be in full swing starting this week on Wednesday with the expansion draft taking place. Sunday is the time right now. We are recording this in the late afternoon. Earlier this morning, all of the other 31 teams in the NHL had to submit their protected list, including, of course, the Buffalo Sabres, and there really weren't any surprises. So let's just jump right into it here. The Buffalo Sabres submitted their list, which included players such as Rasmus Asplund, Anders Bjork, Rasmus Dahlin, Jack Eichel, Henry Yoki Casey Middlestat, Victor Olofsson, Sam Reinhardt, Rasmus Ristolainen, Tage Thompson, and Lena Salmark. No real surprises there. So, Taylor, what are your thoughts on the Sabres draft list and who you're expecting to end up getting taken to by the Kraken?
0: Well, I I guess I'm kind of starting to lean towards it might be Gergensons. Really? Wow. Yeah. So, some people pointed out all the – available defensemen out there so you know interesting names so i i don't know if they're going to be interested in taking Borgin or miller,
1: miller for that matter
0: yeah i don't know that they kind of like recalibrated my thinking on it when someone like p- kind of put it all out there mm-hmm. and it was like oh i mean wow maybe they'll just maybe they'll just take gergensons like i think there's a bunch of weird stuff with like waivers and stuff too and guys with two-year two-way deals or one-way deals so i think it's In some ways, like guys like Asplund maybe aren't as easy to take. And Gergensen's might be a little bit more palatable, I guess. He's an all-star. Or he was an all-star. Former all-star, I should say. Oh, yeah. Got two years left. Not that much money.
1: A couple million. I mean, the thing that's interesting, too, is as we had seen there were, there were definitely some surprises uh, that were submitted today off the top of my head. I mean, Toronto had some tough decisions to make the Islanders had some pretty puzzling moves too. And, um, But there's a lot of pretty solid players who also, though, come at a pretty hefty price tag. And so I don't think that Seattle at all is going to have to have any concerns about getting to a cap floor, Um, if anything. I mean, if they are trying to be competitive next year, they have the guys available to them that could potentially make that happen. There's some really good players out there. So cap considerations is definitely going to be a thing, because I think with if they end up taking some of these higher profile guys, they will have no problem getting pretty close to the salary cap for that matter. Um, I'm wondering though, Taylor, back to the Sabres quickly before we get into the rest of the league, you know, as we had said, there were really no surprises here, um, but do you get the sense as well that now that the expansion draft is going to be happening this week, that pretty much, First thing on Thursday, uh, once the trade freeze is lifted, that things are gonna go completely haywire for the Sabres, or do you think that it's gonna be more of a slow burn as the offseason goes on?
0: Slow burn. It'll go haywire for everyone else. But Kevin Adams will need I, I get that feeling, considering like they didn't do basically anything. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, leading up to this. And now the, the roster's frozen until after the expansion draft. I think it'll be a slow burn. But I mean, depends how slow you you want. I mean, what you consider slow the off season's about a month shorter this year so you you basically have all of august all of september but do you even have all of september because you got to get training camp and stuff yeah. and you're probably going to see at least three trades maybe get a new goalie sign new defenseman what is it they don't have any right shot defensemen or left i always get this screwed up right right they don't have any yeah and they're going to lose mccabe so yeah. i think you'll see a, a steady stream of activity throughout the next two months Agreed. I honestly
1: think that there's going to be at least something big pretty soon after the expansion draft happens. Maybe I'm getting a little too optimistic or ahead of myself, or maybe it's just, you know, wanting the ball to get rolling to really kind of happen. But part of me feels like maybe there is a deal in place with somebody that they have to wait until after the expansion draft due to like protected lists for other teams for that matter. Restless (laughs) the line. And it's kind of the perfect name that comes to mind for this, just because of the fact that if we're talking about defensemen, I mean, I don't think we have to worry about it being Nashville, considering they protected five defensemen, but (laughs) yeah, that's wild. God. Um, But I would think, though, that maybe there's some teams out there that want to make a move, but they just can't until they get through this so that they don't have they didn't have to worry about, you know, uh, exposing somebody who they otherwise would have been able to keep.
0: True. Yeah. I mean, it is it is an interesting kind of process. And we probably don't have to do this again for at least a decade, I assume. So it's, it's really interesting, like kind of the entire league had to – they they knew this was coming for years. The league had to just like – everyone had to come up with their own like plan, like long-term. Even though you only lose one player, kind of calibrate your roster around what you could lose or what you could protect. It's an interesting thing. And this mm-hmm. whole offseason obviously will dictate that too. So I don't know. I mean last time we made such a big deal out of it all year, and it was like, oh, they took William Carrier great i mean that didn't mean anything to anyone he's still there but
1: really not of much consequence to the sabers though
0: at least or or vegas frankly
1: yeah that's a good point
0: so maybe maybe it's big this time maybe maybe they take board and he ends up being a late bloomer like mark giordano in winston norris but i kind of doubt it
1: yeah i i don't like those odds for him i do think (laughs) I mean, I do hope that the Sabres are able to retain him and that Vegas doesn't end up taking Colin Miller or maybe Gergensen's um, because I do think that there's a place for Borgen on this team, especially next season. And I think that what kind of works in the Sabres' favor is that he was limited to, I believe, 14 games last year due to injury. So who knows? I mean, I'm sure, obviously, you know, the people running the show for Vegas, aside from uh, Big Head, are pretty smart. So they have a lot of very qualified people there. So I'm sure that they're not going to, you know, just look at Borgen only playing 15 games or 14 games last year and let that determine whether or not they're going to take him. But maybe it helps the Sabres' chances. And maybe they go for somebody who is a little bit more solid and established like a Colin Miller if they're looking to take a defenseman from the Sabres. I don't know. That remains to be seen. But one of the things, too, that I at least wanted to bring up before we move on also is talking about the, the conversation between protecting Ristolainen versus Borgen, whether people wanted to like pretty much dare Seattle to try and take Risto. Uh, And one of the things that had gotten brought up by a few people and that I had been thinking about, I think we might've even talked about this last time around is, you know, part of that decision. I think the key piece is we know that Ristolainen is going to be leaving. So is what you are going to acquire in a trade for Ristolainen going to be more valuable than having Borgan in the mix and i would lead probably lead to like want to think at least that that would be the case i, I don't know i'm curious for what your thoughts are
0: i don't, I don't know i mean didn't it seem like we, we were just going to be like rid of her and i know that's not really what you asked but like isn't it weird that we're still doing this yeah i mean i'm hoping that like
1: a week from now we won't be doing it and he'll be on another team I know, it just,
0: I doesn't feel like that could happen at this point, honestly. Like, I haven't accepted the possibility uh, that there could be a Sabres team without Ristolainen. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know we've had Gergensen for longer, but he kind of blends in. Yeah. And he's just like a whatever fourth liner. But like, Ger- Ristolainen is like unavoidable. Yep. You, you can't not think. He makes his presence. Known Inevitable.
1: He's like yeah. Thanos, except not really as powerful or good at stuff.
0: He's stronger, though. He can lift more than Thanos.
1: It's tough, man. I Well, that's a good point. We've never seen Thanos lifting tires. So, I mean, right? maybe Rasmus Kristolini can wield an infinity gauntlet, but can Thanos lift a giant tire and post it on his Instagram account? I don't know.
0: I don't think he can. I had a joke I was going to make. I don't remember what it is now. Oh, well. That's okay. Oh, wait. I got it. I'm not going to do it now because now you know it's a joke. No, so, you can't I'll, do that. I'll get, it, I'll get to it later organically. Okay. Anyway. Also, this is not a joke. So with the 32nd team, we have a 32nd team podcast coming to the hockey podcast network mm. and we're doing our own expansion draft. And that's why I said I was protected earlier. So we had to keep you around as well. We had to protect you because you have all the equipment and you post it, but well, unfortunately mm. we have to expose Ziggy.
1: <laughs> I
0: don't think they're going to take
1: them though. Who are they going to take over Ziggy? What could be more valuable than Ziggy?
0: They, they look at his BPM, his barks per minute, and they don't love the underlying numbers. Wow. Because sometimes he just disappears for sec- portions of the podcast.
1: Well, you know, and that's what the problem is with, with folks like this, is that they're only looking at the numbers, and they're not combining both the numbers and the eye
0: test. Exactly. There's more to it. His, One his provides grit, context to the other. Sandpaper, his ability to snap the puck around. his he snarl, does. Yeah,
1: with the best of them. He snarls with the best of them.
0: Yep. Well, why don't
1: we talk about the rest of the league, though? Because there are some very, very interesting and high profile names out there, as I mentioned before. And I think the one that's at the top of the list, that's probably like the biggest slam dunk move of them all is Vladimir Tarasenko. The Blues leaving Tarasenko unprotected as it had come out over the past couple of weeks that there was definitely some unrest and unhappiness in Tarasenko's camp. And it was seeming like. He was trending towards requesting a trade and trying to just get a new start somewhere else. And then St. Louis leaves him unprotected, which to me, I mean, that's right. There is your superstar bringing in Tarasenko. He probably will be their captain too. I I would think very likely. I mean, maybe if they take Giordano, that could actually be possible too, but Tarasenko is going to essentially be like the Marc-Andre Fleury for this team where Fleury was that face of the franchise superstar right off the bat. And Tarasenko provides that. Now, of course he has some injury concerns in his career, but this gives you the opportunity of having a like fide star player to not build as a foundation of your team because of the fact that, you know, normally you're looking at guys who are younger than Tarasenko to do that. It'll likely be Matt Berniers if he's ends up being who they take second overall in the draft, but Tarasenko is a, a cornerstone piece now for them. Um, Curious your thoughts on both that and if any, and what other names jumped out at you that you think that Seattle should be jumping at right away?
0: Yeah. Tarasenko's is interesting. Uh, he's only played 34 games the last two years. So that's a concern. I mean, kind of uh, what about a more direct comparison to Marc-Andre Fleury? What about Carey Price? Now his contract is kind of a nightmare, but Hey, if you want to win right away, it's a possibility seemingly the best playoff goalie of all time for some reason.
1: Crazy. I mean, I could, do you think that they do it? I don't, but I'm, I would think long and hard about it.
0: Yeah, I would too.
1: That's another get people in the seats move.
0: Yeah. And I mean, obviously Shea Weber is also exposed, but doesn't seem like he'd be worth taking because of his injury.
1: Isn't he also like potentially
0: retiring? Yeah. He might not play this year.
1: Yeah. Or to just not play. Right.
0: Yeah. So that'll be, I don't think he'll be taken, but you know, there's, there's a lot of interesting names around the league. And with teams that like, you know, Nashville can't protect everyone. They had to protect five defensemen. There's mm-hmm. a lot of teams like that. And now it's like, well, you could actually have a good, a good team. Like you're one in Seattle and not like Vegas, where it's like kind of a surprise to people. Mm-hmm. Maybe people just accepted the idea that it could happen now. Because there, ne- there hadn't been – basically in North American sports, there hadn't been an over 500 expansion team made in f- like 40 or 50 years before Vegas, and then they made the cup. Yep. So I think people accept it, but I think going in- – we might even go into the season and be like, oh, Seattle could win the Pacific because the Pacific is a uh, big trash – I mean, it's a bad division.
1: Vegas will probably win the Pacific, but yeah, probably.
0: Yeah. Well, it might be the two expansion teams, one
1: and two, that would be some, I mean, they, they absolutely could. Let's talk about some of the other people who are going to be available. I mean, I think another, you know, you would mention there, uh, Nashville, for example, Matthew Duchesne and Ryan Johansson, they both come with $8 million per year price tags. I believe Johansson is at like three or four more years and Duchesne is one extra year than what Johansson has on the table. So, I mean, there's a second line center potentially, for, or well, even first line center in reality. But looking at some of the other names, I mean, Tampa, you're going to be able to get a really nice player from there from them, whether it's Alex Kalorn. Or Yanni Gord, Andre Pallad, I believe, was uh, was left exposed as well. Right. Um, Carolina left Nino Niederreiter, which I think that's probably a, you know, they had to do that just due to their depth and for, for cap reasons probably, just to try and get him off the books. I think that's probably the easy choice for them. Uh, it came out, I believe, last week Pierre Lebrun had them – Uh, Seemingly, you know, very close to signing Chris Dreiger from Florida. So if they end up signing him because he's a UFA, he then in turn is their pick from Florida in the expansion draft. Um, the Islanders, we had talked about them. They chose to protect Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck and left Jordan Aberlay and Josh Bailey exposed. I know both of them have regressed Bailey. I know definitely has a bit more in recent years, but I mean, those are two guys who can definitely still contribute. Uh, Philadelphia, they had left James Van Reemsdijk. And Jacob Voracek, Van Riemsak was off to a great start last season and then seemed to taper off a little bit, but is still a pretty solid contributor. He comes, I believe, at a $7 million price tag. Voracek has definitely started to dwindle a bit over the past few years, um, but that's another big name that's at least out there. Uh, Toronto... I mean, they're gonna end up being able to probably take Jared McCann. I don't think that they would take Alex Kerfoot instead of him. Toronto Better just, not. yeah, Toronto just acquired McCann from Pittsburgh, and it makes sense that they're probably gonna that they would probably end up losing him. Um, he could be a really nice secondary piece. He's the kind of guy too who is able to flex between playing wing and center, and so you get that added versatility there in your middle six of your lineup. That's a, you know, that's a can't miss uh, pickup there. Washington left old friend Connor Sheary exposed. Uh, so, yeah, there's some. Oh, I don't really I, consider I, him I,
0: much of a friend.
1: Well, yeah, old person, I guess. Uh, Columbus left Max Domi exposed. And then Calgary left Mark Giordano. Dallas left Ben Bishop exposed as well. So uh, there's some names out there for sure. And Anaheim had left Kevin Shattenkirk exposed too. Really? Yeah. I don't think I heard that. Yeah, so there's a lot of guys out there that, as we had said, Seattle can easily come in and compete in that Pacific Division pretty much right away.
0: Yeah. How much of a say do you think Jason Botchell is going to have on this stuff?
1: Probably not that much. I mean, he's in the room, right? He is.
0: Well, so it's kind of a weird thing because he has two jobs now. And I think that's really tough to balance being like, he's the assistant GM, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. He's also, I don't know if you heard this. He's play, he's got a, a role in the legends of the hidden temple reboot. He's playing Olmec. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. No CGI or anything. That is a pretty uncanny resemblance. Now that you mention it. Yeah. I told you I'd get to it organically. I was going to
1: say, it so, was pretty good. I knew right when you were getting into the, uh, The intro of it.
0: They're just going to have him stand below the ground. And then like his, it'll come out, like he'll come out, his head will pop out. Yeah. You know, it'll just be there. So you won't be able to see his body, but obviously you'll be able to see his head. You can't miss it, folks. No,
1: maybe even you could probably get up to, I think it's like what, four miles away and you could still see it in the distance. Yeah. Oh yeah. Crazy. And we're,
0: we're allowed to say this because we're both part of the big head mafia. Yeah. But you know, you gotta, you gotta give credit to a real one. Game-recognized sure. game. That guy's <laughs> game. – he's got something going on up there. He's
1: among the best of them.
0: Yeah. He's really a, an icon for people like us. <laughs> so, yeah, I think they're going to – I'm really interested to see how this happens. I think they – as long as they don't listen to him too much, yeah, they have a, a good look at being pretty decent coming out of the gate. Plus, what, what draft pick did they get? Did they get two?
1: Who is that, Seattle? Yeah. Yeah, they're number two, yeah.
0: So, they'll get like Bernier's Ecklander Power as yep. well. Yeah. So that'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll end up being all right. I'm curious, too, I mean, with some of these guys, too, who are left exposed, I think it's also important to keep in mind that there still could be side deals that are being done so that maybe instead of uh, taking, you know, like a Yanni Gord, maybe Tampa gives Seattle something to take, like, Tyler Johnson or Andre Pilat, for example, um, so there's still the opportunity for that. So it's not necessarily as cut and dry as saying, "Well, this guy's exposed." So, you know, maybe the end. Up- Actually, wait, wasn't Ryan Getzlev left un- or left uh, exposed too? Yeah, they're not going to take him, right? I don't know, but they protected Nick Deloria.
0: <laughs> oh, I saw that. Protected Delorier. Oh man, Tim Murray's Ooh. probably so excited. He used to. Work I knew it. Him. I knew it all along. Yeah. So. I don't know if you have a recommendation for this week. I have one, a real what? one from the heart. What is it? Fear Street series on Netflix. 3 movies. Oh, okay. All dropped within a 2-week period based on the RL Stein books that I read when I was a kid, but I'll tell you what, buddy. These ones are a lot more violent and sexual. Really? Than, wow. Than those Who's books for favorite? teens. Yeah, fantastic. So Scream homage, Friday the 13th homage. Great stuff. Which yeah. stuff? I loved them. I mean, they're kind of like perfectly tailored for me. But
1: oh, mm. perfectly tailored,
0: that's right. Nice.
1: Um, all right. Well, I have one actually. I quite literally just walked in the door from seeing Roadrunner, the new Anthony Bourdain documentary. Oh. Um, definitely cried at the end. It was. Very sad, very well done, very fun. Like it was just a really, really, really well done documentary covering his life and his most like his more recent years up until leading up until his death. Um, I love Bourdain, Parts Unknown is top five favorite TV show for me for sure. So it was uh, it was very moving, to say the least, but it was really, really good. Highly, highly recommend if you're an Anthony Bourdain fan at all. And if you're not an Anthony Bourdain fan and you're not familiar with him, start watching Parks, uh, Parts Unknown on HBO Max immediately because it is an incredible show.
0: I have tickets for it Wednesday, so I'm probably going to miss the beginning of the expansion draft.
1: Oh, really nice. It'll be worth it. It is really, really good.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Should be Should be interesting. Tell you what my favorite Anthony Bourdain thing is. I didn't really watch his show, but uh, his quote about Cambodia and Henry Kissinger. Look it up, folks. It's a doozy. I'm a big fan. Love that energy. Oh, so, yeah. I think that's pretty much it. Should we do a random Sabres player?
1: Yeah, we haven't done that in a while. I think after the season stopped, we stopped doing
0: Yeah, well, I have two, actually. Do you the la- yeah, the last two Sabres that got taken in expansion drafts. I'm pretty sure. Give it to me. Old Billy Carrier and Jeff Sanderson.
1: I mean, how can you – we love Jeff Sanderson, folks. How can you not?
0: Yeah, and, and you're hearing it more and more. Oh,
1: you are. You are. Yeah. People are talking he's... about it in their inner circles. It's it's really start... – he, he's starting to pick up some buzz. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, these, these Columbus Blue Jackets fans, huge guys from Ohio, they come up to me with tears in their eyes, and they're like, thank you, thank you, Taylor, for remembering Jeff Sanderson. And I say, you're welcome. So gracious, so humble. Yeah. Well, uh is that it? <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't really
1: see it much else. So everybody, we will be back with a brand new episode on Thursday, detailing Seattle's pick, both who they take from the Sabres and the rest of the 30 selections that they will be making and preview the draft and preview the draft, which will be the following day. Very exciting. So by this time next week, our episode, we will know who the Sabres ended up taking first overall, whether it be one of the big three of William Acklin, Owen power or Maddie Beniers. Time will tell. We hope you all have a great week, though. Make sure you're checking out the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. This episode, as you had heard at the top of the episode, is brought to you by DraftKings. And make sure you're using our promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. Make sure you're also following us on social media, at Straight Sabres on Twitter and at Straight Up Sabres on Facebook and Instagram. Once again, everybody, we will be back with a new episode on Thursday. This has been Straight Up Sabres.